0: So good, so good. How are you? How are you doing? You well? Yeah, those of you online, we're going to ask you the same question. You can't respond, but you can respond in the chat. Tell us how you're doing. We are in Hebrews chapter 11. Get your Bibles, get your cell phones, get your U you version. If you're at home, open up a Bible. We're in chapter 11, and we're going to stop with chapter 11 in our Hebrews series because of the hurricane. We're a couple of weeks behind. We ran out of time. We will come back to chapters 12 and chapters 13 of Hebrews, probably do a whole series on them. But We're going to finish out Hebrews today and start a new series to, uh, next Sunday all the way to um, Christmas. How is your faith? If you had to rate your faith on a scale from 1 to 10, what number would you give yourself? How would you rate your faith? Where is your faith? Now, everybody has faith. Not everybody has faith in God, but everyone has faith. How's your faith? Well, people do have faith. Even people who don't have faith in God, they have faith. They send their children to schools where they don't know all the teachers, they don't know all the administrators, they don't know everybody in an organization, but they have faith in the school, they have faith in an organization that the organization has their best interests in mind. How many of you take some kind of medicine, a vitamin, some kind of pill, you take something oral, every, raise your hands high. How many of you take some kind of medicine every single day? Okay. You have faith that somebody you've never met in a laboratory you've never been to, you've never seen these people, you don't know if they're wearing gloves, or you have no idea what they're doing. But you put your faith in them that it's going to be packaged and done right. Correct? All right. I know this is an easy question. How many of you have ever flown on an airplane? Raise your hands high. High. All right. But how many of you have really known the pilots personally? You have a personal relationship with those. Every pilot, every flight you've ever taken, you have a personal relationship with that pilot. No, you have faith you have faith that those pilots have actually been trained. They actually know what they do. You put faith in them. Now, I don't think we have the same faith in the baggage handlers. (laughs) How many of you have gotten someplace before your luggage did? How many of you have had to wait on your luggage or it never came ever? Then I flew in. It was a walk through the Bible conference to Asheville to the Biltmore. And there's a dress code. I come in no luggage. I come in, shorts, flip-flops, Tommy Bama t-shirt, and the guy at the door said, sir, you're not even close to the dress club. It really I've never been so embarrassed in my life. I explained what happened. He said, all right, he gives me a sport jacket. I still got shorts and flip-flops. I got a sport jacket on. He takes us downstairs and puts us in the corner and says, if you could not go to the bathroom, that would be really good. I wasn't able to move from my table for about an hour and a half. You have faith. Everyone has faith. Everyone has faith in something or in somebody. But do you have great, robust faith in your Heavenly Father? That's what we want to talk about. And this is a chapter on the Hall of Fame. These are Hall of Famers. We could call it the Hall of Faith. But I want to mention three quick points. Number one, No one is born with a robust faith. It must be developed. Number two, everyone has a measure of faith, but it will stall unless it's developed. And number three, it is impossible to please God unless your faith is developed. So you would assume that this sermon is going to be talking about your faith. Well, it is. And you would assume that I'm going to say next that faith is the most important part of your life. It isn't. It's revelation. The only way to have greater faith is revelation. You can't just go, greater faith, greater faith, greater faith, greater faith. I'm going to have greater faith. Well, you can do that. And it might work for a couple of minutes. But the way that you have greater faith is a greater revelation of God. Let me say this differently. Your faith will not grow. Your faith will stay the same. Your faith will actually backtrack unless there is a continuous revelation of God in your life. Let me demonstrate this. Moses is 80. He's out there 10 in the flock. And all of a sudden, he sees the burning bush. And the bush is burning, but it's not, it's, not, it's not burning up, but it's on fire. He goes over to it. God speaks to him. The angel speaks to him, take off your shoes. We're on holy ground. And at this point, there, there begins a new revelation. Now, years ago, he had revelation with God, but now for years, it's stalled out. Moses' faith is broken. Moses does not have a faith maybe this morning I'm talking to some people whose faith is broken. Maybe your heart is broken and you're not sure that God really hears you or God is real to you. And so Moses's faith is broken. And he begins to then argue with God and God says, I want you to go and lead my people. And he's going, "I, I, I don't think so. And God says, "Well, I'm going to help you." But yeah, but I don't—I'm not a good speaker. Go ask somebody else. And, and this is dialogue because Moses' faith is so stagnant at this point. But yet, his faith begins to grow as God reveals Himself. And God begins to reveal Himself through the plagues, and Moses is going, "This is working." Then he begins to reveal Himself through the crossing the Red Sea. This is working. And he begins to reveal himself as they're, they're out of food and now we need some food and now, now there's manna and now there's, we need some, something to drink and now there's, there's water and now there's the stone tablets. God begins to reveal himself. The greatest part of your life is the revelation of God. That is how you get a greater faith. Greater faith gets exposed, developed, it expands because of the revelation of God. And so it's not necessarily that we need to have greater faith. We need to be able to embrace the revelation of God. Then we take a step. Well, then we can trust God. Well, now I know God's trustworthy. This is why I do the promises. I did the 20 promises this morning at 6 a.m. I picked out 20 promises that I really like And I put them on my phone, voice record, and I listen to those 20 promises over and over and over again. And then I'll go six more months and I'll put 20 more promises on my cell phone and listen to them over and over and over again. It's the revelation of God that grows my faith. And then as the revelation of God grows my faith, I'm able to take a greater step. I take a greater step of faith. And so Hebrews chapter 11 is a whole chapter about faith. But I think what we can quickly and easily miss is it's the revelation of God that will grow and expand your faith. And so if you're not positioning yourself to receive the revelation of God, your faith will not grow. And so here's what he says to us in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. He says, now, faith is confidence in what we hope for, It's assurance about what we do not see. He says, this is what the ancients were commended for. And as you read through Hebrews chapter 11, you go, well, these must have been just extraordinary, super faithful, just people that just got it. Well, I think they were actually pretty average people who just continued to say yes to God. And the revelation of God just kept growing in their lives. And by faith, so here's what they did. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what was seen was not made out of what was visible. In other words, they knew that God started the world somehow. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. I studied that for 20 years. That took me 20 years to understand. Why did God accept Abel's offering? but he didn't accept Cain's offering at the same time. That's a strange thing to me. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. And the Bible then tells us why. It says Abel immediately brought an offering, the best, and it says Cain eventually got around to it, his leftovers. Now, everybody knows what tithing is. Everybody knows that tithing is 10%. So if you made $10, you know that $1 is the tithe. here's what Abel did. Abel offered the first dollar of the 10. Here's what Cain did. He offered the 10th dollar of the 10. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. He mentions Enoch. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. Or before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Now, here's the most important verse out of this whole chapter. If you're not awake, wake up. If somebody's snoring, poke them right now. This is it. It's verse 6. This is the most important one. And without faith, it is impossible. Without faith, it is impossible. Without what? It is What? It is impossible to please God. Why? Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, and then he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so if you're receiving the revelation of God, now how do you receive the revelation of God? We're going to talk about that in just a minute. God's constantly coming to you. God's constantly talking to you. God's constantly revealing his will to you. And he will reward you then. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. I've got a little phrase that I want you to remember next talking about faith. Faith is the thread of the fabric of God's clothes. I want you to memorize that. Faith is the what? It's the thread. Faith is just, the, it's who God is. It's what God's made of. It's what God wants from you. Faith is the thread of the fabric of God's clothes. So they're just listing these wonderful people now in chapter 11. Look at verse 7. By faith Noah, when warned about things not seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. He'd never seen rain. Noah had never seen rain. God watered the earth right now with underground springs. There had never been rain until the ark was completely built. Noah builds an ark for 120 years. For 120 years, the dude's out there building a boat for rain that nobody even understands. Could you do that? That was crazy. So God had to be speaking to Noah. He had to be revealing his will to Noah. I I don't know how in the world anybody could ever do something like that unless they were in a close connection with God. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place that he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed. You know what Abraham and Sarah did? They left their dream house. They left their dream house. Now, how could you leave your dream house and now for the next time of your life live in tents and travel to territories and not even know where you're going how many of you could possibly none of us could do that you finally build your dream house and god says i want you to leave it behind now the only way that can possibly happen and be happy is to continue to receive the revelation of god to continue to be in that position called to a place he would later receive as his own look at verse 9 By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. You are writing your holy history right now. Every single day of your life, you are writing your holy history. Then we come to the whole childbearing thing in verse 11 and 12. Now keep in mind, she's 90 and he's 100. Let's keep this in mind. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, I'd say she was. Yeah, I'd say that's a fair assessment. Was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. Any of you ladies in here about 90 would like to be pregnant today? Is that, is that, is that, we can vote on that? We can pray about that? I I doubt that you do, okay? But there's another miracle that takes place. This dude's 100, look at this. This is just seventh grade health, okay? And so from this one man, and he as good as dead. I am not going to explain that. And if you do not get that, ask somebody in the room right now who is grinning from ear to ear. I'm not going to get fired. I'm going to keep going. And from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on the earth. Then I'm going to go to verse 23, and he says, By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born. Look at verse 29. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea on dry ground. Verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army marched around them seven times. Verse 31, by faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And he says, and what more can I say? He says, I don't even have time to tell you. This is so cool. About Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith, these, these men and women conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised. And they shut the mouths of lions. They quenched the fury of the flames and they escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle, and they routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others that were tortured, refusing to be released, so they might even gain a greater resurrection. Some faced jeers and floggings and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sought in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskin and goatskin and destitute, persecuted, mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. But they were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what has been promised. So if you want to develop your faith, and it doesn't just come from like, okay, I'm going to develop my faith. I'm going to get stronger faith. I'm going it doesn't just come from like psyching yourself up. How do you get greater? What, what are the steps? What, if you really want to know what the steps are to develop greater faith, it's not, like, it's not unlike anything else that you do in your life. Let's, let's say that you're not a good reader. Let's, let's just say you're an average reader. But you want to become a really good reader. What, what would you do to become a better reader? You would have a better vocabulary. You might have a vocabulary word of the day that you learn. To become a better reader, you, you need a better vocabulary. Let's say you want to become a better cook, and um, you really want to learn how to cook, and you're not a great cook. Well, how do you become a better cook? You learn spices. You learn ingredients. You learn temperatures. You learn pots and pans. I mean, there's, there's ways to become a better cook. Let's say that you're 100 pounds overweight and you're just really out of shape. What would a a trainer tell you to do, a personal trainer? They they might just tell you to, hey, let's stop drinking the 10 Mountain Dews that you're drinking every day and let's just walk around the block. They they might tell you just a baby step. You've never saved money. You have no retirement. You go to a, a financial planner. A financial planner, she might say to you, Can you just can we save fifty? Can we just start somewhere? Can we save $50 a month and and just begin? It's really that simple. It's exactly the same way in developing your faith in your your Heavenly Father. There are steps. There There are steps, there are sequential steps for you to have a greater faith. Now again, why do you want a greater faith? Because it's all being written down. This is your holy history. You have one shot that goes into the chronicles of heaven. What you say, what you do today is exactly what will be written and read throughout all of eternity. The way to greater faith is still the revelation. So what do I do? What is a step? How do I take a step? Well, the first step is I put myself in a position. I put myself in a position where I'm going to hear from God. God is revealing himself to you and to me. He revealed himself to all these wonderful people, but he hasn't stopped revealing himself to to you and to me. So I put myself in a position. This is why you go to the secret place. The secret place is your time alone. It's a time alone with the Word of God and the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God and the Word of God will reveal truth to you. This is how you get a greater revelation from God. But you come to the meeting place, that's what you're doing now. And you come to the meeting place because in the meeting place, I gain confidence. I hear your faith, I see your faith. I hear testimonies. I see parents and I see families wanting to raise their kids to become kingdom impactors. I position myself. Step one, you and I must position ourselves so that we can at least even receive the revelation that God has for us. But then we cross over and we put ourselves in this position and now we're like, okay, I'm in. I'm in. He's Savior, but, but I want to receive Christ, and now I want to pursue Christ. And so I begin a lifestyle then of Bible studies and connect groups, and I begin a lifestyle then of where I'm listening maybe on my you version on my phone, in your car, in your truck, on the way to work, or somewhere that you're driving, or in the airport, or an airplane, air, AirPods. You're, I'm pursuing. I put myself in a position So I put myself in a position, and then I kind of make a decision that this is going to be who I am. I'm going to be this kind of a person. This is the position and person I'm going to be. And then I I just start saying, okay, I'm going to obey. I'm going to obey God. When God asks me to do something, I'm going to obey. And I think obedience might be our most difficult step. Because I think we've talked so much about God's love and God's mercy and God's grace that I still get to go to heaven even if I'm disobedient. I'm just going to be really disappointed when I get there. And, and, and we don't want that. We want to obey. We want the fullness of what God has in store for us today. And so I learned to say then to the last step is, I think it's just every day, yes, yes, What do you want me to do? Yes. What do you want me to be? Yes. You want me to forgive? Yes. You want me to repent? Yes. You want me to buy a bicycle for the, I'm making this up, the neighborhood kid across the street? Yeah. It's whatever God has in store for you. This is, these are the steps, but it all begins with me putting myself in a position. It's been said that we spend sometimes five hours a day on social media, I'm not against social media. I've learned a lot from social media. I, there's great things to, but, but what if we spent time positioning ourselves to learn God's word and to hear from God? And then what if we crossed over and we began to pursue Him? And then we're gonna, we're gonna obey Him. And then I'm, I'm watching this because I fall off this. You're gonna laugh. And so, and, and then, yes, Lord, yes. But the same thing happens the other way. Same thing happens the other way. And the other way is, I, I get out of position. And, and, I, and I'm not positioning myself. Oh, I used to go to the secret place. I used to read my Bible. I used to have a quiet time. I used to go to church, you know, regular. I, I, But now I'm, I'm out of position. Once I get myself out of position, then... Then it begins to snowball a little bit because now I've taken my eyes off Jesus. And my eyes are no longer on Jesus. My, my eyes are now on culture and the things of this world. And so now I don't come to church as much. And now I don't have my confidence. And I don't leave here with the courage. And this is why we come together. And so I, I, my faith actually begins to go that, And that now I can't believe I, I can't believe I disobeyed. I can't believe I did that. I knew better. I know better. I, I, I disobeyed. And then, and then, no, God, no, I'm just not interested. No, this, I'm just really not interested. No, I'm interested in, in my things and in my world. And so in, in your life and in mine, he, he wants you to have this robust faith. In fact, the book of Romans says he's given us all a measure of faith, which says, it's like a chip. There's a chip inside of each of you that you have a measure of faith. First Corinthians chapter 12 says it's a spiritual gift. I don't think I have the spiritual gift of faith. I think some people just have this incredible spiritual gift of faith. I don't think I have it. But I think all of us could develop our faith. And so where are you? What, what, what do you need to do? What, what, what's next for you? Do, do you believe that even though you've made kind of a mess out of your life, he can do something really good with it? Do, do you believe that the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse you and forgive you Of all unrighteousness. Do you believe that his promises are yes and amen? Smartest man in the world was King Solomon. First Kings chapter 8, verse 56, King Solomon says, Not one word of God's God, God has ever failed. Not one word of God has ever failed. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says, All God's promises are yes and amen. So every time when I feel like discouraged, a little bit depressed, every time when my faith wanes just a tad, I'm going to tell you what works for me. I don't know if it works for you, but this is what's what works for me. I just get out the promises. I just read those promises. I listen to the promises over and over and over again. Because I don't really know that culture's right, but I know this is right. I don't really know what I'm hearing on the news is right, but I know the word of God is right. I don't really know if even some family and friends are right, right? But I know this is right. And so for me, I just keep listening and reading and trying to memorize the promises of God over and over and over and over again. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. So yes, this is a sermon on faith. But, but really, it's a sermon on positioning yourself. Positioning yourself to be able to receive more and more. And the, I, the funny thing about this is, the more you posi- not funny, but the cool part about this is, all the things that you want you get by positioning. Every single thing that every dream, every desire that you want comes by positioning. You want to be a better mother? Well, then receive Dr. Ruth's advice or receive the advice from Holy Scripture. You got a choice. You want to become a great father? Listen to Dr. Phil or go to the Scriptures and listen to the Word of God? Right? You want to build a better business. You you want more resources. Deuteronomy 8, 18 says, God gives you the ability to produce wealth. Everything you want is from the promises of God's word. And there's 7,487 incredulous promises that he's given to you and to me. Hope, forgiveness, grace, mercy, a future, Everything you want, forgiveness, everybody desires to be forgiven and to get out of jail card and go free. It all comes from the power and the word and the will and the spirit of the living God. So, what's your step? What's your next step? Will you change nothing? and go about tomorrow just like every single day or will you change how you put yourself in a position to hear from your heavenly father what what will change tomorrow Will will you be obedient will you be able to say yes Lord yes yes Lord yes Lord those are the perks and blessings that he has in store So I'm going to ask us to stand. And instead of praying for yourself, I'm going to ask you to pray for the people around you today. I'm going to ask you to pray. This is called the meeting place. So we're here meeting together. So would you pray for one or two people around you? They don't have to know you're praying for them. Lord, that brother needs help. Don't, don't say it out loud, okay? Just just keep that, keep that to yourself. But let's, let's pray for the people around us right now. Father, we we love the fact that you want to speak to us. You want to reveal truth to us. You're ever revealing God. And Lord, we want to pray for our family and friends and people around us that we love so dearly. Reveal yourself to him. Reveal yourself to her. Encourage them, Lord, to put themselves in positions prayer and Bible study tomorrow and today. Just humble prayer. Lord, we want to motivate the people that have never really done this. Five minutes. Just five minutes alone with you. Start their day or end their day. And others in the room, Lord, that are a little bit more developed than that, it's, it's it's a stronger study. It's a stronger time. But Lord, as you reveal yourself to our brothers and sisters, give them hope. Reveal yourself about their future. What do you have in store? Reveal yourself about finances, family. Lord, if if unforgiveness is holding us back from having a greater revelation, we pray that we will be a people that will be quick to forgive and quick to repent and quick to obey. God, we pray for all of our family and friends around us right now, online, in the house. And Lord, what's their next step? What's her next step? What's his next step? What's the next step of all of us in this room? We just want to say how much we love you and thank you for not closing off the revelation. Thank you for giving us revelation. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, one more thing i want to ask you to do, and that's today. Starting not tomorrow, but a week from tomorrow, we're going to have what's called Sunday on Monday. We're going to start something a week from now a podcast, which is a continuation of this message, of a message we ever preached. I want to ask you to go ahead and start that today a little bit you can't watch the podcast tomorrow morning it's a week from tomorrow morning but here's what i want you to have a conversation today about faith and revelation what's the connection between revelation and between faith and just have that discussion over lunch have that discussion tonight and it'll be an interesting dialogue okay i'm done yeah